Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, Hey there, this is Sharon Pierce coming to you from Beyond the Mask. This is our inaugural episode of a brand new podcast between myself and And Jeremy Stanley. Jeremy and I have known each other for how long, Jeremy? 20 some years now. Oh, God. Going back just a little ways. A very long time. But I am a nurse anesthetist by trade. I give anesthesia every single day. And I met Jeremy years ago whenever he worked for another financial planning institution. And And we just formed a relationship from there, Sharon. You know, it was interesting because I think when I met you, I had no clue what a nurse anesthetist was. Um, And I remember us having lunch over in High Point one day and me asking you, hey, how do I get involved with these folks and what do I do? And Sharon was kind enough to give me great advice. And here we are 23 years later, I think. Oh, you don't have to Um, tell him how many years, Jeremy, but a very long relationship. So how did we get to here sitting at this table doing a podcast. That's pretty interesting. I think we started talking about this a year and a half or so ago at a meeting and Sharon and I are having a conversation and she's like, hey, I love to listen to these podcasts. And then I said, hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing one. And Sharon said, I'd love to do one. And so here we are today. So it's pretty exciting. Well, you've got a pretty good podcast slash radio voice. Hey, and so do you. It's the Southern Twang that's going to take us off, Sharon. Oh, my goodness. Well, Jeremy and I talked a lot about what did we have to offer? What did we have to talk about? And there are a lot of good podcasts out there, a lot of good anesthesia podcasts out there. I know there's one that I listen to, Head of the Bed, even though I haven't anything new from him as of late, but there's still a space out there where there are other things that have not been captured or been talked about. You know, Jeremy is in the financial aspect about running your own business. He's written a book called The Wealthy CRNA. I think I need to read it a couple of more times, (laughs) but he has a very unusual perspective. Not only does he stay around the anesthesia community, but... I'm also married to a CRNA. So um, that gives you a different perspective. Definitely a different perspective, yeah. Um, You know, you type B, laid-back personality that you are in the anesthesia right, community. Right, right. You know, it's always a fun conversation when things go awry at our house. So, but uh, I'm sure, you know, we had a speaker once a long time ago at our meeting that had a book called The Medical Marriage. And basically it talks about what makes you a good provider because we're kind of 
anal, precise kind of people, which is what you want us to be if we're putting you to sleep. But it doesn't necessarily make us a really good partner. Well, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But yes, Sharon, you hit the nail on the head. I think the goal of this podcast is to bring something different to bring to the community some of your perspective and some of my perspective, which I'm not a CRNA. I do think that I can intubate myself. My wife says I should never tell a CRNA that. I really believe I can do it. Let's see. Open your mouth real wide. Oh, you're not even a Malin body one. Oh, my gosh. You're a two. You're a two, for goodness Um, sake. But, you know, what I really believe is you guys get paid to wake people up, and I tell people that all the time. And, you know, I think the perspective that I can bring to this is not only financial, but looking at this from a business perspective. And, you know, my objective with the clients we have is to say, how do we utilize the opportunities this business of anesthesia has to get you where you want to go personally? Let's face it, all of us get up in the morning and we go to work for a reason. And if they didn't pay us, we probably wouldn't go, right, Jen? Right. Right. So, you know, we want to make sure that we're utilizing the opportunities of this industry. And what I've found is that, you know, a lot of CRNAs are very, very good at what they do. But when it comes to utilizing the opportunities of the business of anesthesia, that kind of goes by the wayside. So I'm hoping that between the two of us, you've got the clinical side, I've got some of the business side, and understanding that and the anesthesia community, that we can bring that to our viewership and be a great mix. Viewership, listenership. Listenership. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Yeah. yeah we are going to have cameras up, though, Sharon. I just want to let you know. Oh, so my goodness. Before long. Well, I will tell you, you have a great perspective that I've learned from you for 23 years. I'll just say it out loud where you see things from the outside and you really give a lot of nice perspective in that regard. You always are at all of the anesthesia meetings and it's interesting to hear what people say to you as quote unquote an outsider, which has been very helpful. And that's one of the things that we've talked about and gives us some of the topics that we have outlined that we want to do podcasts on going forward. We are going to talk about social media and we'll be talking to Ashley Fidan from Washington State coming up about social media, the uses of that, the misuses of that. A lot of misuses of social media these um, days. Exactly. Don't tweet about that. No, 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 no. We we have an upcoming episode with Jackie Rolls talking about the cultural assessment within the AANA. We're going to be talking with Jeremy and picking his brain about doing 1099 work, being a freelance CRNA, how to set up your business, some of these things that we just don't know a whole lot about. We'll also talk about financial planning. We'll talk about retirement, which I just wonder if I will ever see. But Jeremy does have hope for me in that regard. We just have lots of good topics coming up. And we'll be in a really unusual space because it's not really going to be all clinical. We'll talk about the organization, the American Association of Nurse Anesthetists. I was a past president of the AANA and served on the board for a number of years and have served on lots of committees. And I've only missed one AANA meeting in 28 
years. Wow, Sharon. That's impressive. I've only missed one North Carolina Association of Nurse Anesthetists meeting in 28 years. So I think between, well, you know, I am a baby boomer. (laughs) But we look forward to hearing from people. I speak all over the country. And if you listen to this podcast and you think of something that we need to put on the table and discuss, We are looking forward to it. Absolutely. And one of the things we're going to discuss, Sharon, is your journey. We've known each other for a long time. I know a lot about you and your family and the history of you with the NCANA and the AANA. And, you know, I think it would be interesting now that you're back in school again, but I'm bumped, having lots of fun right now and working full time. And on top of her travel schedule and speaking and everything else, we're going to talk a little bit about Sharon's journey because she really has started from school to being president of the AANA um, to now going back and getting your doctorate. And I'm sure we'll talk about you know, just what, a small town girl. There you go. Sitting up north right now. Uh, well, I'm not with, not with my tribe up there. <laughs> that's for sure. In some regards, they were shocked whenever they found out, you know, I ran for the North Carolina House of Representatives. I ran for office in 2016, 15. So my campaign began in 2015. So we just had a conference call with the head of the campaign school at Yale for the women's campaign school. And she was talking about how they had a new module on safety for when you're campaigning going door to door. And she asked me a few questions, and I said, well, I carry a 38 with a crimson trace. <laughs> oh, how did that go over for Sharon? <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> you were the anomaly in class uh, that day. <laughs> that would be true. That would be true. But I am enjoying my time up at Yale. They say I need to learn how to say it with one syllable, not Yale. <laughs> um, but right now, since they're trying to kill me, it's a four-letter word. <laughs> Absolutely. And you got to use y'all a lot up there as well. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Sharon, why don't you tell us just a little bit about your, your background? And obviously, you've held a lot of positions within the anesthesia community, and you've been giving anesthesia for a long time. Why don't we talk a little bit about that, kind of kick us off and get us started? Ah, absolutely, Jeremy. Well, I always knew I wanted to give anesthesia. I went to nursing school. I got an associate's degree at a small community college, and I saw a CRNA, believe it or not, with a bad airway. Wow. (laughs) My first experience with anesthesia in a small rural hospital as an observer, as a brand new nursing student, I must have been about 19 years old. and oh, the glory uh, days. Oh, uh, yes. And why it fascinated me to see such terror, I <laughs> still am not very sure about that. But at the time, I did indeed find it fascinating. And I wonder if that CRNA ever even knows what an impact that she made with me as a bystander all those years ago. You know, I find that interesting, Sharon, and and I'll just interject for a second, because a lot of CRNAs I talk to say they knew right off they wanted to be a CRNA. Um, My wife, Sarah, for example, she knew from the time she was 15 years old that that's what she wanted to be. And actually, I believe you mentored her. If I did. My first run for office within the AANA, she was my mentee. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's interesting that a lot of people just know 
that this is such a wonderful career and this is what I want to do. So, Well, it attracts a certain type of person. Usually we're very outspoken, very autonomous, very opinionated. A lot of us are like that. But anyway, so to go back to 19 years of age, I then got married not too awful long after that, and my husband worked for a beach band called the Embers, a very well-known southern beach band, and he played at a meeting called the North Carolina Association of Nurse Anesthetists uh, State Meeting. And while he was there, he began talking to this gentleman who was married to a program director of an anesthesia program. He was talking to Chow Marie, and Chow's wife was Sandra Marie, who was at the Wake Forest School. And so my husband told her that I wanted to be a nurse anesthetist. She said, have her call me, come and see me. So I was 20 years old, and I went to go and talk to Sandy. Well, you know, it doesn't sound like Pierce to talk to anyone. Uh, you, you know, if you, if you knew Sharon's <laughs> husband, um, and a lot of people Pierce. knows Pierce, mm-hmm. um, but uh, for him to be talking to someone, it just right. had to been working. Right, so. right. So I had my application for a very long time. I was an ICU nurse. They instituted that you had to have your BSN. So I started back immediately. It took me four years to get my bachelor's degree so that I could apply to nurse anesthesia school. And I worked in the operating room at Baptist Hospital in Winston-Salem left the ICU, went to the operating room, there saw a lot of nurse anesthetists working. And a lot of those anesthetists kept pushing me, go to school, you need to go to anesthesia school. And I had interviewed and Betty Petrie was on the interview committee. And I remember asking her over and over, when are we going to find out? When are we going to find out if I got into school? And she kept giving me the hairy eyeball. Don't worry. Don't worry. Well, I wasn't smart enough to figure out what she was trying to tell me. And after I found out that I had gotten into the program, she said, you know, I was really thinking about telling them not to let you in because you <laughs> didn't understand what I was trying to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds just like Betty. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> so I uh, graduated from nurse anesthesia school at Wake Forest in 1992 and immediately got into the organizational structure within the association, was on the public relations committee, government relations committee, went on the board, and I was president of NCANA in 2001 to 2002, I believe. You know, Sharon, it's interesting because I remember you telling me back then that one of your main goals was to be president of the ANA one day. Well, the thought crossed my mind, and I did a video called The Best Kept Secret in Healthcare. And it won a National Public Relations Award. And I was at the meeting in, must have been in Tennessee, at the Opryland Hotel. And I was watching the video on a TV screen they had in the exhibit hall. And this lady walked up to me and said, you're going to be president of the AANA one day. And her name was Carol Dosher oh, wow. from Minnesota. Yes, good mm-hmm. friend of mine now. But at the time, I thought she was a little crazy. 
and how did she know that? But Carol has made a lot of predictions over the years. A lot of people know Carol out there. Yeah, well, you know, Sharon, kind of talk to us now through, you know, we've progressed up to the NCANA in that point, and then the AANA and your involvement with this great organization and being able to lead this organization and do some of the things that you did over the years. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that as well. Well, I went on the national board in 2010, progressed up, and I was president from 2014 to 2015. And thought, well, that's it. I've made it to the top. I'm done. And then I decided to go back and get my doctorate, which I swore I would never, ever do. <laughs> and I should have known better. But Sometimes we eat our words, don't we? Uh, well, eating crow always tastes bad, and it doesn't matter what you put on it. You know, I bet you uh, picked that up from your dad. Oh, you? uh, everybody knows about everybody dad knows about and dad. combos with dad. Hopefully <laughs> one day soon I'll get all those put together into a book. Yeah, and Sharon would always post on Facebook about her dad and, and the sayings that he would say. Um, and that Absolutely. was just hilarious. Well, so. enough about me. I always find it fascinating, all the tests y'all have to take to, to <laughs> take care of people's money. Well, you know, it's interesting. You know, I got into this business almost by happenstance. Got you mean you didn't always want to be <laughs> well, a money know, guy? Well, I've always been a money guy. I'll I know you can way. do math really fast in your head. <laughs> I can. I actually multiply license plates all the time. Say what? So as I'm driving down the road, no, you, do. you know, I'll, I'll multiply license plates. You know, eight times seven is 56, times three is 168. And I have to factor it down. Oh, I bet zero. you're a fun date. Um, yeah. So I'm constantly <laughs> doing that. But that's just a little tidbit about me. Me. That and I enjoy rock, Sharon. I don't even think you knew that either. Everywhere I go, I pick up a rock and I bring it home. So, But yeah, I, I got into this business by happenstance and I owe it to a gentleman who interviewed me when I was getting out of college. Wasn't sure what I wanted to do and I had worked for Napa Auto Parts over in High Point at the distribution mm -hmm. center for mm -hmm. years and they wanted me to go into their management training program and they flew me down to Atlanta and uh, Nap Auto Parts was owned by a pretty conservative company called Genuine Parts Company. I remember walking in there. Now, this was in the 90s, and they still had shag carpet in their headquarters in Atlanta. Oh, that's okay. Imagine. I just took some out of my dad's house last week. <laughs> <laughs> Orange and brown. All right. Well, I think it was green, actually, their shag carpet. But, you know, they put me through this psychological battery of tests and I was there for a day, day and a half, and I'll never forget going to the CEO's office. And he goes, look, if you want this position, it's absolutely yours. But he said, I've just got one question for you. And he said, if I call you up on Friday afternoon and tell you next week I need you to move to Buffalo, New York, how's that going to make you feel? Now, you can imagine, you know, a 20-something-year-old kid trying to figure that out. And, you know, I flew home, and I kept thinking about what he said, and then it dawned on me, one, I didn't want to move to Buffalo, New York. I loved North Carolina. It's so cold and, up there. And I didn't want to leave my family. And I could end up in 50 states. But really what he picked up on is that I didn't like other people telling me what to do. And mm. what I figured out is that I needed to do something where I could somewhat build my own business, build my own destiny. And it was really a gift. 
as I look back on it. And I started looking at opportunities, looking at sales. And how old were you? 23, 24 years old at that point. Wow. Um, Men's brains don't even fully form till about then. I'm wondering how all this came together. I'm telling you, I, yeah, I look back on it. I still wonder to this day. But So I started interviewing and actually got an interview with a company in Charlotte, a financial planning company. I flew, you know, drove down to Charlotte and interviewed with them. The day I was going to accept the job in Charlotte, I got a, an offer from a group in Greensboro. And I thought, well, heck, if I don't have to move, I'll stay in Greensboro and I'm not going to go to Charlotte. And, you know, 23 years later, here we are. So interesting story. And yes, there are a lot of tests we have to take and a lot of things we have to do. And, you know, we're in charge of a lot of other people's money and we want to make the best decisions for them. Now, what test that you were taking, I've forgotten, what was that test? And you had to study for like six months. Yeah. And then Bill, your colleague, I remember when he was yeah, taking absolutely. it. Absolutely. Certified financial planner designation. You know, you take a series of tests and then you go take a, you know, it's very similar to the accreditation test that you guys have to take. But yeah, and it takes a lot of time, but we're dealing with people's money all the time. And that's something we want to make sure that people are knowledgeable and that they've got the certifications they need to do that. And unfortunately, Bernie Madoff made a lot of people in our industry mm -hmm. look bad. But we've made our niche working with nurse anesthetists. And as you well know, and I know from working with CRNAs all over the country for the last 20 plus years, if you do something bad for one CRNA, they're going to tell 100 through social media. And if you do 100, something... 100, it's more like 25,000. Well, I was trying to be nice there. <laughs> um, but, you know, we made our living and a good word around the country by doing the right thing. And that's what we pride ourselves on. Well. I know that you work very hard at this. I did not know about the license plate deal, <laughs> but I I will start watching that myself. We're going to learn a lot about each other through this process. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. But we are looking absolutely forward to these podcasts in the future. Let us know. Most of you will know how to get in touch with one or the other of us, and we're taking suggestions. Absolutely. And our website is going to be beyondthemaskpodcast.com. So we're looking forward to suggestions. We hope we can bring a wonderful show to everyone out there that hits some needs and educational opportunities that you might not get anywhere else. All right. Well, I look forward to the next 23 years, Jeremy. Absolutely, Sharon. And now we can open that bottle of wine and start the real party. I'm with you. Absolutely. Talk to you later. Thank you. Like what you're hearing? Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and everywhere else that streams podcasts.